of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen this is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is up on Center Stage, the show about the arts and the artists behind their work. It's that time of year again, folks. Yes, we are talking about movies, music, and Christmas. And I have my old friend, Matt Mickelson, here in the studio today. And I've also got Bob Small, my wonderful engineer, to talk turkey about what binds our favorite Christmas films together. And in line with our recent series of radio shows about the top 10 TV series of all time, we are going to approach Christmas movies this time, but from a slightly different angle. But first, let me introduce filmmaker, actor, and cameraman Matt Mickelson to my audience. Good morning, sir. How are things in the world of Hollywood, New York City, Baltimore, Maryland, and whatnot? Oh, we're just here enjoying all things Christmassy. Oh, you sound like Bing Crosby. Uh, that, he says that in a song right before he gets going. Does he know. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I have love it on a recording. Well, I that kind of sounded it. like Elvis trying to imitate Bing Crosby, buddy. <laughs> no, no, actually, you didn't. But that's it's okay. <laughs> Whatever you want to think, you go right ahead. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's great to have you again. Um, Glad to be here. So, so last year, we did this great holiday show based on our top Christmas movies that would make a man cry. You know, I don't think we've ever topped that show. No? It was oh, really okay. excellent. Yeah, I, it, I had fun with it. <laughs> well, it was your idea. Oh, you know? yeah, that's right. And you really got into that. <laughs> so I think I think we can't top it but, it, but it was a great subject and we had fun. And let's have fun today because I really want to talk about the enduring quality of music and music married up with film and even TV. You know, because yeah. we're talking about Christmas songs that have had the enduring right to drift from film to film to television series to background music to whatnot. And so we're getting that mixture of, you know, the, the visual and the oral together mm-hmm. and the power, that really wonderful, compelling power that's, that's almost, you know, mythical in a way, bringing us into this holiday season. Yeah, and and I, I've often wondered, um, you know, why, what is it about some of those classic songs from the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, you know, from Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, uh, Dean Martin, and Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, what? What makes that stuff stick so well? Yeah, um, that that it it never goes out of favor, and it, and it just sweeps you right back. Um, whether it's into the Christmas spirit or the memory of it, or the memory of your parents' Christmas or mm. whatever, you know. What, what other holiday though has its own music? Not Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, yeah. people try because they begin yeah. to realize that's where the strength in the in the Christmas music is, is that it's connected to the holiday. Yeah. Well, yeah, we did definitely. it with Easter Parade, and that's really kind of it, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, when you think about it, but Christmas is the big topper. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, but, but there's so – I mean, there's so many artists that, that did a lot of work with those songs, and I think maybe – 
you know, and I was riffing with this with Bob, like maybe we enjoy those songs because they were enjoyed by our parents and our grandparents mm. when they were living the Christmas fantasy back in those days when you didn't have I mean, a... when they were children? Yeah. 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 And and hearing yeah. their stories of, you know, Santa coming down the chimney and how they perpetuated that, that fantasy onto you when you were growing up and then how you push that on your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and let's face it, that was an era of hope for this country, you know? I mean, we were in such a good place then. Yeah. So this whole feeling of, like, you talk about the fantasy, but it was more than that. It was really about truth and building and and being strong. You know, all these things come together. Well, especially after World War II, Mm -hmm. um, you know, after a long time of, you know, a lot of dark days and the Depression and everything, and then... You know, the late 40s and the 50s happened, and that's when a lot of this stuff came out, especially with Nat King Cole and the gang um, and Johnny Mathis and also, you know, the Vince Girardi, uh, Charlie Brown music. You know, I mean, that stuff sticks. That's right. And and I think it's just because of the, you know, the orchestrations and the, mm-hmm. the musicality that went into those things as opposed to some things that that have come out in the past 30 years that, that don't quite do it just because it, it's overproduced or it's just too saccharine. And, and, and there and you it, just said it. Because, you know, in the Charlie Brown Christmas, there's one point where they do the song Christmas Time is Here, and it's a little... It's rough recording, and yeah. it sounds like a, a, a little group of kids, you know, that recorded maybe in somebody's living room. And I love that because yeah. it's so real. Yeah, and and the piano just sounds like it's in someone's living room, like, it's exactly. not very well put together. Yeah. It might be slightly out of tune, you know, um, and it and it just gives it that, that real warmth. Um, and, and also I, I was looking into, uh, you know, when when songs started to change in the 50s from mm-hmm. the, the classic orchestrated Christmas songs like the Burl Lives and uh, Frank Sinatra, um, and it switched over to Chuck Berry, Elvis, and Bobby Helms, like Jingle Bell Rock. Right, right. Or uh, uh, Blue Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that right? Yeah, That's and right. then also uh, Baby I'll Be Back, or bring, bring My Baby Back. That's a Christmas song. My Baby Back, Baby Back. Never mind. <laughs> That, that's an Elvis song from 1957. And also uh, Charles Brown did a Please Come Home for Christmas. And Paul McCartney in the late 60s, 70s, uh, Paul McCartney and then John Lennon had their own Christmas one-offs. That's right. You know, And a lot of other bands uh, had a Christmas one-off, just the one time. Uh, like, like the Waitresses with the Christmas rapping song. I love that. Um, that I thought was the Bangles for the longest time, but it's not. Um, and it the Kinks been. with uh, <laughs> Father Christmas. Yep. Give mm-hmm. me some money. And the Who uh, had, had a Christmas song from the movie Tommy. And, um, and then apparently Wham! had, had one. Last Christmas. That I always forget about until I hear it. Yeah. Which, until this year, when we ha- have the movie, Last Christmas, where, again, all of George Michael's mu- music is being immortalized, which I love. I mean, I, I, and it's high time, actually. Yeah. But um, the, kind, the movie is kind of come and, and gone, but I'm, I'm sorry about that. But the music plays on. Um, but what about, you know, like what we just heard, our lead-in was White Christmas. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting back to when... Music was really written at a time when there was a lot of trouble in the world. You know, um, you you address World War II, and the men in the trenches knew that, you know, there was a sorry time for them. This song was apparently played in the trenches quite Mm -hmm. a lot for them. And what I love about the film White Christmas is that they start with that. So it's real in that way. Yeah. 
And things like, I'll be home for Christmas. I mean, oh, my God, what a tearjerker. Yeah, and you if know, you really listen to the words, fighting. if you listen to the words, I'll be home for Christmas, yep. he's not going to be home for Christmas. You know, it's it's just a fantasy in his own head while he's wallowing in mud in the in a foxhole getting shot at. It's like, I know I'm not coming home, but I'm just going to, you know, keep this little fantasy that I am in my head or maybe send you a letter that going. says, um, yeah, it, it kept well, that, going. that's the whole idea. You know, nobody wanted to get shot at. They wanted to be home for Christmas yeah, where it's warm. warm and... And what is it about this movie, White Christmas, that keeps us watching all the time? You know, for me, I get such a buzz just out of the four leads, first of all. But it's just that fabulous Technicolor. Mm -hmm. The reds and the whites just popped, mm -hmm. you know? And then, of course, the, this goofy story, which is really ridiculous, but it's just so heartwarming and wonderful. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it comes off as genuine. Or yeah. authentic. Yeah, yeah, um, it does. And that's, that's why you keep going back to those movies. Like, I, I think maybe the most recent one is uh, 2003 uh, John Favreau's Elf, mm -hmm. where it, it kind of felt very authentic, you know, where the, just the message was, you know, be a decent person. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, or, or even... I mentioned last year, uh, 2000, 2001's uh, uh, Family Man, mm -hmm. where it was like, you know, stop worrying about, you know, being this this uh, uber successful person and, and get back to what's basics. Mm -hmm. What's What's right in front of you, you know, because a lot of people in that position forget about they have a family and yeah. just get so sucked into their job that and then they lose their family because they weren't paying attention to them for the number of years. Um and it's a it's a great message of of just stop, take a second, and enjoy you know that you're here with mm -hmm. you know people that love you and you love them, and you should just you know get out of the rat race and and uh take stock of that before you lose it and I love it in elf. Because we get a little view of John Favreau mm -hmm. as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Love it because John Favreau is now our hero now, isn't oh, he? For yeah. the Mandalorian, yeah. but we won't go there yet. Hey, folks, we've got some music for you to tie in with Elf. It's actually Baby, It's Cold Outside, and we're going to play the original version, which I cherish still. And this is Zoe de Chanel and Leon Redbone. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. I'm hoping that you drop so in. Very nice. Uh, hold your hands, they're just like ours. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your hurry? And father will be pacing the floor. Listen to that fireplace roll. So really I'd better Beautiful, scurry. please don't hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might think. Baby, it's bad out there. Say, what's in this No cats to be had out there. I wish I knew how like starlight to now. break the spell. I'll take your hat, your hair looks well. I ought to say no, no, Mind no, sir. Mind if I move 
Then closer. At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense in hurting my pride? I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. Ah, but, but it's, it's cold, cold outside. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Matt Mickelson, our filmmaker, cameraman, actor, and Bob Small. And we are talking about movies of Christmas and the music that goes with them. You know, we just heard Baby, It's Cold Outside. Do you know what that was originally written for, guys? No. no. Neptune's Daughter. Bah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Esther Williams and Ricardo oh. Montalban. We're in I, Ricardo Montalban. Con. <laughs> so, but they sang it very well. You know, where originally it's been done a million times, and now we have the politically correct version with John Legend. But we're not looking at that one, are we? Oh, let's ha- have more fun. You know, Matt, can we talk about the great, maybe one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time? And it's not White Christmas. It's Die Hard. Yes! <laughs> In a world. And, <laughs> and why? I mean, we forget that this was all around the Christmas holiday, yeah. the big Christmas party. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, it, it takes place during Christmas. That's that's one thing. But, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, uh, you know, gravitated, especially a lot of cops and firemen that I know. Uh, gravitated towards this movie because you know it's it once again you're dealing with a guy who got wrapped up in his job has lost his family and this <laughs> horrific situation is putting him in this in the um, it's forcing him to think about family mm-hmm. and I got to get out of this so I could see my wife or save my wife and see my kids again mm-hmm. um, and then when he uh, is on the the horn with. Uh, the cop that's outside. What's that actor's name? Um, uh, Frankie Faison, I think. No. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. And there we Carl, are. Ca- not Carl Weathers. What? I don't. Uh, know. Da, 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 da. Um, but uh, but they they you know they're on the walkie-talkie together and they 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 are both cops and they totally know what they're talking about and they you know have a couple of hearts. and accept hearts. each other. Well, yeah, like, yeah. like their captain yeah, there's doesn't. There's mutual admiration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the brass, you know, thinks system. he's a he's a problem, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, the, the he doesn't see uh, f- what's going on from his ivory tower that he's trying to stay in with the glass floor. Um, mm. But uh, you know, because they could lose that at any point. But, exactly. But have those feet cut in the blood trail. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to have it. <laughs> but but I mean yeah I mean a lot of people are very uh, adamant you know I got to see my Die Hard on Christmas Eve absolutely you know? and, and we have at home we have a list of movies that we have to watch you know we have to watch Elf and and uh, Family Vacation and mm-hmm. uh, Scrooged is always a good one mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. uh, and it, once again it harkens back to the same message go see your family and stop being a butthead yeah exactly (laughs) and get off your cell phone for just a minute put your cell phone down and say hi to your family bob Bob, what do you think what are your favorite films and the music well the white christmas is still the one yeah which i saw um recently somebody had had put together a list of favorite films i don't know where they got it from but white christmas didn't make it uh it's a wonderful life was in there none of us have even mentioned that one bah humbug (laughs) Do you know what the the most used piece is in movies? And this came out in Esquire magazine. Um, Jingle Bells. Really? Okay. Jingle Bells, Silent Night. Boom. There you go. Isn't that something? 
By the way, can I throw in something that uh, I missed in the conversation a little while back? Was th- we were talking about r- more recent music, mm-hmm. um, Mariah Carey's. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention that, that is the most successful song she's ever done. Yeah, mm-hmm. is her yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. song, and yep. that was in Love Actually, two thousand three. Actually, uh, maybe you're right. Um, oh yes, it was. Know. Okay. Oh yes, it was. And I've just got to say. We got to bring Love Actually into this because yeah, that's this a is great, one great movie. I this, love that movie. This is one of the most popular films of all time because mm-hmm. it had a cast of a thousand great English actors oh. who we all adore. Well, everybody in England was in it. Yeah, apparently. pretty much, so. <laughs> pretty much. And in that same production value way, including you know, Mr. Uh, Liam Neeson. No, Mr. Die Hard. He's in it. Alan Rickman. Yes, that's right, and he plays another kind of baddie. He's going a little tarnished there. Hello, Mister Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Yippee Kayo! Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish that. <laughs> so, but the thing of it is, they took the song and they really made a movie around it because the little Liam Neeson's little boy, yeah, you know, yeah, wants to kind of get it on with her, and he's so young, and and the father is trying to find a way into his son, and it, it's just it's just brilliant this connection. But um, I'm just trying to to find or remember who uh, performed it. Olivia Olman, I think, was her name. And she was... She was phenomenal in it. Oh, did she actually perform perform that, yes, or she was did. It, is it just like dubbed? You know, no, 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 no. That was her. Really, that was her. And she comes from kind of production um, royalty in mm-hmm. La- in Los Angeles, like Zoe. So yeah, her family is involved, and she's she's been since involved with quite a lot. But one of the other things I love about Love Actually is probably maybe my favorite moment, is when Hugh Grant, when he's going from door to door as prime minister, (laughs) and he's trying to find this potential girlfriend of his, he starts to sing Good King Wenceslas. And he has two bodyguards with him. Do you remember this moment? No, no. And he's singing rather poorly, or he's over-trying. And then suddenly one of the bodyguards, who's Welsh, and you know, the Welsh have this tradition of being fine, fine singers, like Bryn Terfel and, and many, many others, and actors, the bodyguard starts to sing behind him, and there's this gorgeous singing voice, and Hugh Grant just turns around and looks at him. It was the most marvelous moment. <laughs> i got to watch that again. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. But Love Actually, there's so much hope in that film. Yeah. I think that's why it endures right now. You know, there are so many happy endings that, that kind of tie up together, and I think I think it's really special. But once again, it has a similar message of, you know, in, instead of doing what feels good, do what, do what you do what is right or do uh absolutely do what you feel is right you know because the alan rickman character had a you know could have had all the goodies and and he decided not to go forward with that particular offer or um you know and and he was reminded that you know family is the most important thing so let's talk about family a little bit in a wonderful film called meet me in saint louis with Judy Garland and many, many others. Have is that yourself, Christmas related too? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. That was the movie that gave us the song. Oh. It was a real tearjerker at the moment. Now, yeah. Meet Me in St. Louis, is this the one where she's singing on the, on the trolley car? On the trolley car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I don't know why, but that scene sticks with me. I know. Is it the it ring, ring, ring goes the trolley? Ring, is ring, that ring yeah. goes the trolley. Oh, okay. yeah. I, just, yeah. I just remember that from Saturday Night Live. It's fantastic. Do you guys know how the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, no. came to be? No. I love this story. So Mel Torme and, and Bob Wells wrote this, and they, they wrote a lot of things together. Uh-huh. Mel Torme had gone over on a really hot California day to Wells' home. And it was so warm that Wells was, had disappeared, but he'd left 
uh, he jotted down some ideas for a song to cool him down. And it was chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Tormé finds him outside and he says, so what, what is this? And he goes, oh, I was just trying, you know, by the power of persuasion to get myself to cool off. And he went, no, 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 we've got a hit song. <laughs> it took them 35 minutes to oh, write wow. it. Sounds like 35 it minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you know, Nat King Cole perfected it. And he did it originally with his Nat King Cole trio. And um, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, I think, in 1974, finally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, his voice. I, I don't even, I bow to him. I bow to Nat King Cole. Mm. And for what he went through to try and be oh, recognized yeah. as yeah, a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my gosh, that the voice, um, the other beautiful song he did, which is kind of Christmas related, that Nature Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are just so many moments with him. And we hear them all the time, as you started the show stick. with, in all these movies. Yeah. It's always somewhere. Mm-hmm. Do you realize the list is so long that we could not list everything, uh, every movie or every television series that Nat King Cole has been featured in in the background? Oh, really? Okay. It's it, hugely extensive. Hugely. So... Okay, any more movie ideas that that uh, bring it with uh, the music, guys? Well, oh, quiet, are we? Well, <laughs> I'm actually f- family <laughs> vacation with the hookah, lucky humaka. Is yeah, how da, 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 we da. Say. That was a Bing Crosby <laughs> tune, too. So every time I hear that now, I think of the swimming pool scene. <laughs> of course, as and one his, does with his uh, idiot cousin on the diving board, you know, ruining mm-hmm. his, his uh, thought process. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, usually these, these songs are, are, that's, that's the place where that, that song is used as a total juxtaposition for, you know, instead of trying to evoke an emotion, it's, 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 this guy's trying to have a moment and it's being ruined obviously by, Mm -hmm. by his cousin. (laughs) But, um, usually those songs are used to invoke a time period or an emotion from the audience. That's an easy catch, you know? So if you're, yeah. you know, you have the beginning shot of the, the camera tilting down under Stars Hollow and the Gilmore Girls or whatever, and you're going to hear the Nat King Cole song because it's like, oh, it's snowing, even though we're shooting in an outside <laughs> lot, uh, in the out, outside lot of uh, Back to the Future at Universal <laughs> Studios, and we're just going to throw soap at everybody. It looks like snow. And we're going to play Nat King Cole's so it'll work. It'll be fine. What? And hey, <laughs> you don't need anything else to you. We can all just sit back and listen. Exactly. I'm going to bring up a film you guys probably haven't thought about, and that is <laughs> one of my favorites, that, which still weirds me out, <laughs> Gremlins. Oh, yeah, that that movie freaks me out. Yes, it was winter, okay, Uh and you hear, do you hear what I hear in the background? After all, the gremlins have totally destroyed this house. Mm -hmm. I mean, things are still on fire, and all you hear is that song playing over and over and over again, and it's still disturbing. Yeah. You know, it's like, here's your Christmas present, don't get it wet. Well, yeah, we did, and look what happened. So... (laughs) It's chaos. Also, the the Polar Express had some weird music in it too. It had it, it, it when you when you when they made it to the magical Santa Land. Um, they had like a basic Christmas song, like a Bing Crosby, but it was on like slow speed. Like the record that it was playing on was mm-hmm. warped or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, believe. you know, because they were mm-hmm. like in this whole kind of weird fantasy slash. Uh, landscape where everything was just a little off kilter yep, and every right. everything was a roller coaster ride that they walked into and you know it, it was just kind of like everything was just a little drunk 
You know, like like mm-hmm. they had too much eggnog in their hot chocolate. I don't know. Yeah, I think but, they probably um, did. But it, it was said, weird. I, I thought it was a weird thing. I'm I like... know. Everybody has that reaction. And did did you both see ever the snowman with the beautiful music of Alid Jones in the background. He was a voice soprano saying beautifully. And the music is dreamy and, and the snowman the story itself is so touching and it has has the same appeal. The dreaminess just comes right across. You see how music can you know better a film? Yeah, all the time. I, mean, I just of love it. I just love it. And, and I'll, uh, I think we touched on in Home Alone, there's this uh, series on Netflix now, uh, Movies That Made Us, I think it was called. I think called. that's what they call it. Yeah. And there's four episodes right now, and it's all these movies that we think you know went off without a hitch and how they were just an absolute disaster. But Home Alone was one of those movies. Yep. And uh, John Hughes uh, in, in Chicago with his whole gang there, uh, and the movie had been shut down a couple of times, and it was switching. Stu- it, it was a mess. And and Chicago was having its warmest winter ever, so exactly. they had no snow. Oh no! And they had to bring in all of that snow. Well, and some of it, some of it was and... real snow. There was one 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 good snowfall that happened during filming, and they used I love that. These and then they added to it with shaved potatoes, mm-hmm. shaved potatoes, shaved potatoes, and soap. As one does. And apparently the yeah. potatoes then started to rot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the smell was poor. Everything smelled like rotten potatoes. Uh, and oh and also uh, they they got, of course, you know, the amazing John Williams to right. put his magical touch on there, That's which right. can, you know, make any movie. Sparkle? Twinkle? Yes. Yes. Star Wars would have been really weird without it. You Can know. you imagine Star Wars without John Williams? No. I cannot. If they tried some kind of Logan's Run you know, synth music that would have bombed. They would have had to have brought Richard Strauss back from the dead. Or to something. Do it. Or you know, something. it just wouldn't have worked. But that but was anyway. the brilliance of using the orchestraical <laughs> stuff as opposed to the, uh, yes. you know, weird synth stuff that was kind of the flavor of the time. Personally, I love both Home Alone 1 and 2. And, you know, I never oh, yeah. go for those kind of films with the kids, but I adore both those movies. And, of course, Macaulay Culkin is amazing. But just the way they managed to capture that whimsy mm-hmm. of, of, you know, the relationships, and it, well, it's so ridiculous. Well, it's, and also watching, you know, Joe Pesci get thrown down yes! steps every five minutes, you know. <laughs> and Daniel Stern. And oh, Daniel Stern, exactly. The best, the best, the best, the best, the best. But, you know, <laughs> what, what about, we haven't even talked about our, our golden oldie, The Christmas Story. Oh, um, God, the yeah. song from that, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. That's like that's like watching your father's experience growing up. <laughs> yes, you it know. Is. I mean, if you grew up in the seventies or eighties, that's that's what your dad was doing in the late forties, early fifties, um, getting chased by bullies and oh, you know yeah. getting stuffed into winter clothes that were so inefficient you had to wear eighty thousand layers. <laughs> Um, and you couldn't walk. You, you could, could not walk. I had that snowsuit um, in, in like 1973. And I was, you know, very, I was like three years old. So I, you know, I couldn't walk anyway. You know, <laughs> I couldn't actually, you know, stand. I, I couldn't fall down because it was so stiff, you know. Um, you know, one of my favorite films of all time for Christmas, besides White Christmas, is is actually The Bishop's Wife. Uh, the original with Cary Grant and Loretta Young. With Cary and, Grant. And there we go. There you go. I've got my Cary Grant here. Uh, I've got two Cary Grants here, Bob Small and Matt Mickelson. <laughs> we have run Cary out of Grant. time again. Ah. <laughs> but I've loved this show. I have loved this show. We'll do it again. I want everybody out there to have a great Christmas and make your own Christmas listening list. You can do it. Guys, thank you for being on the show. We have loved it. We'll do it again.
This is Pamela Kuhn, and the curtain is now down on Center Stage. Center Stage.